Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as ferocious, Kat and Kyrie each dropping 60 back-to-back nights. I mean, from those two to what LeBron was doing to, I mean, Curry had a 47. Like, it was a week of some pretty sweet scoring, but those 60 bombs, Kat dropping 60, joining, I'm pretty sure, Will and Shaq and George Mikan as, like, the only bigs to drop 60 with 15. I mean, Mikan had 36 rebounds. I'm going to throw that bike out there, but... Cat, unreal Dude. performance, my friend. Dude, they are absolutely insane performances. Kyrie Irving um, doing it super efficiently, too. I think like 21 of 30 shooting. Um, but you're right. There was so much to pull from. LeBron James, man, can drop 50 points in back-to-back or within the same week. And his team is still hot, hot trash. I feel bad for this guy because gonna gonna taint his goat debate a little bit i mean the lakers are like oh and seven or oh and eight since the all-star break if he doesn't drop 50 and then they've won the games that he has so hey lebron poor guy not going well i mean at least he got that w dropping 50 and beating the wizards because i'm sad over here the one game you're gonna win lebron you do it against me Ugh. Man, he had to. He heard you. He, he thought a safe call. He's like, no, nah, I'm dropping it. I mean, Kevin, your Bulls are dropping out. Atlanta's climbing into the playoffs here, it looks like. Well, my Pelicans, man, they might be able to jump the Lakers no problem. And our Raps, they still have that hope. They had a good week this week. The only reason I'm okay with all of this is because if my bad mojo is helping the Raps have the luck that they're having... I mean, you can throw me in every puddle that you can have. I'll do whatever it takes for this <laughs> Raptors team, Matt. Man, we've had a really good week. I'd really like to see Scotty. But, I mean, again, we're going to get into it in Raptors chat. So, let's hit the ice, man. Uh, cr- pretty crazy week in the NHL with the Heritage Classic going on. Um, Austin Matthews lost his mind for a split second and <laughs> tried to decapitate Rasmus Dahlin. I don't, I don't know why um, he thought that would be okay. Uh, Two-game suspension, though, was not enough for a play like that. That is strictly because he's Austin Matthews and because, you know, they want to see him win the goal-scoring title, I mean, which he, he will. He, he will. Had a, he had a goal in that game as well. Like, he only had one, I'm pretty sure. You know, so there you go. Keeping he gets up a goal that, almost every game. <laughs> exactly. Keeping up that grind. But, yeah, two-game suspension, that was an aggressive, aggressive cross-check right to the face. Like, I mean, intent to harm, maybe not. Very. Intent to throw something 100% like dude he was trying to hurt him man he wanted to take his teeth out um you know what it's too bad though because he's got quite a wide margin in the goal scoring lead um if Cole Caulfield been playing this way though Cole might have been able to catch him with those two games out you roll your eyes all you want at me fam all I know is that these Raptors or these uh these Montreal Canadians and specifically Cole Caulfield have been absolute fire of late. <laughs> I'm happy for you. The only reason I roll my eyes is because it's the same line every week, but maybe maybe I shouldn't be upset at you because it's beautiful to be seeing the same line every week, to see the success, to see the boys having this much under Marty. Like, you gotta love it. Well, I mean, Anderson's been out too, and, and they broke up that top line that he was doing it on. So he's doing it on his own line with Rem Pitlick and, and Brendan Gallagher. Rem Pitlick, who they picked up off waivers, has like 
20 or 15 points in 21 games or something like that um, after his first two games in Montreal. Like, it's he's playing like a second-line center. And they got this guy for nothing. Cole is scoring 10 goals in 15 games under Martin Saint-Louis, which is a 40-goal pace through 60 and a 55-goal pace for the year. I mean, as a rookie, as a rookie, he was on pace to hit 50. Um, but Dominic Ducharme, man, I don't know if he's ever, ever going to get a job anywhere again at this point. I mean, it's hard when you get replaced and you, we see this success so quickly. And, I mean, the success is also after a small struggle because it's not like they came out right at the bat and were winning this way. Like, they still had to find their footing, but then once the boys realized that Marty was like, yeah, guys, do what you got to do, we see the positivity that's come out of it. Exactly. And you know what? They, they like, I think they're like three and four in their last seven games under Marty here, which isn't like spectacular. It's pretty rough. But at the end of the day, Cole scoring goals, Suzuki's putting up points. They, they have two legit potential stars on their roster. Both guys are currently over a point per game pace under Marty. And Suzuki's playing the best defensive hockey of his career. Nice. Um, like I, every week, man. I mean, fifteen game sample size is actually a decent sample size now, so I feel pretty confident about it. But Cole Caulfield scoring goals eight seconds apart the other night was wild. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad happier. to see. I'm glad to see the team's not going to fire sale. That's what I'm hearing. That you know they're not looking to just blow it up, right? Like they still want to be somewhat realistic about keeping some chemistry together and and not just throwing away assets to gain more assets because at the end of the day players are players and they can be valuable and and they can change their careers around i mean they got such a good return for ben Chirot because he looks like a completely different player under martin saint louis um that man like he should be able to win the jack adams trophy this year i i understand that they're a last place team and that you know, um, they're, he's only going to have like 40 games in the NHL, but next year he's my front runner for it. I guarantee you. I mean, as we keep saying every week, like we're happy to be prepared to watch the team in the future because the little sparks, the little positivity we're getting now, it's only just going to keep keep growing, keep getting more exciting for you as the yeah, time goes on. And this week, the trade deadline's coming up, so... Apparently it's super quiet in the NHL right now, but they always kind of say that the GMs to to push other GMs out there. Uh, we'll see what goes on. Montreal started it off last night getting a pretty good haul for Ben Chirot. I'm yeah. pretty pumped up about it. But, you know, man, I, I think we're good to skate off the ice and, and go to the gridiron if you'd like. I mean, it's time. We've, we were joking about it when it happened. We were speculating about it. The man takes two months on the couch. And after a bunch of other big QB decisions last week, Tom Brady himself decides, you know what, I will come back for my 23rd season, Matt. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. He couldn't walk away before 45 after having an MVP-level season and stating that his goal was to play to 45. It just didn't make any sense for me. Didn't make any sense to you. Didn't make any sense to most people. So at the end of the day, like it was kind of something that we were predicting. Of course, he wanted to see how the QB carousel kind of played out. Um, everybody goes out to the AFC. Aaron Rodgers thinking the NFC is all his. He's just got to get through Stafford. And Tom's like, nah, I'm back, baby. No Russell, no problem. 
I'm just trying to imagine him, like, waking up every day for the past two months and, like, look over his wife and be like, so is today the day? Can I let them know that I'm coming back for another season? She's like, nah, can we just have a little bit more of a vacation? Like, just a couple more weeks. And then he woke up after the QB trade and was like, okay, I think I have a chance. She's like, all right, fine. Yeah, you got this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Eight Super Bowls, man, would be wild. But that man out in Denver, Russell Wilson, said that he's going to win three or four with them. He wants to play for the next 10, 12 years. So there's pretty stiff competition across the league. Um, if you want to talk about Baker Mayfield, too, a little bit, the guy penned a, a really heartfelt letter. But now the report's coming out today, right now. He wants out. I mean, I don't know how how I how much I believe it, but man, if they can get Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield, not the best, but maybe Baker can go start his career somewhere else and have a little bit more stability. I mean, they are the Browns after all. Yeah, very true, and it's such a such a cutthroat position in QB, right? Like, if you are not gonna show up, if you're not willing to make it happen, well, there's always another kid. There's always a you know some type of veteran who's willing to join, and we've seen so much movement already this season. It could be true, this rumor. Yeah, it could be. And at, at the end of the day, too, like you said, it's, it's a cutthroat position. And the league knows that if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you probably can't even compete for, for a championship. How are you supposed to get a top 10 quarterback on every single team? There's only 32 roster spots. Uh, it's just a little crazy to me. Hopefully, Baker can find a spot, a landing spot that works for him and is good. But, I mean... It would just absolutely suck if he couldn't. We're hoping all the best for him. We hope he can find a spot and get to play football at the end of the day. QB's cutthroat. So, anything else? Are we ready to move on? Is it basketball time? Oh, buddy, is it basketball time? There's so much to talk about this week. I mean, we're going to start a little bit differently because with March comes the madness. And the round of 64 started right now. These college kids, they're all vying for glory vying for greatness in what some would say is arguably the best tournament in sports. But Matt, my friend, it, what are you expecting to see? Well, I was going to say it's probably up there in terms of best tournaments in sports. Uh, what I like to see with March Madness is I like to see a, a Cinderella team here or there, you know, do some damage. I want to see the top prospects really show out, show that, you know, when it comes to playing in, in big spots that they have it. Um, it's one of the reasons that I loved Kemba Walker coming out of university. So true. He dragged that UConn team back. I think it was in like 2012, all the way. They that was unreal, and it's and it's what gave him, you know, an NBA future. Uh, so there's always going to be a couple risers, a couple fallers. I'm really excited to see Chet Holmgren because that kid's a an amazing guy. I mean, it's crazy you mentioned Kemba considering like the death of his career potentially that's going on right now but we'll get away from that we'll talk about these kids but you know chet is the freak the uniform the crazy athlete we'll see if he can carry the zags through you know that team has been close they've always been this close they've come into the championship a couple of times now but they haven't been able Last to year. grasp it i mean right so with sucks can chet take them all the way it will be big for me matt I'm looking at this Memphis squad. I'm looking at Jalen Duran. They got their win today. He made some insane defensive plays getting a bucket. I think he's one of the, you know, three, four, five guys in the draft. And I want to think more about that rather than just the classic one, two, three, you know? Oh, man, absolutely. We've, we've got to talk about some of the, the older guys in this 
team on these teams who are who are putting up historical numbers. I mean, you look at that guy in um, Kentucky. You can say his name. I can't. Please <laughs> play it. Tashibwe. Tashibwe. Tashibwe's putting up fifteen point or fifteen rebounds a game. That's historic, man. If he averages, you know, what he averages per game for the for the tournament, and they go deep, he could break the all time rebounds record by quite a bit. I mean, it's pretty crazy. You know, we're seeing some awesome things out of some bigs. We're seeing some awesome things out of players just finding their role in the modern NBA. You know, there's, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Duke team, right? You know, Paulo Benchero trying to take, you know, Mike, trying to take Coach K all the way to a final championship. His, what, seventh, I think it would be for for Coach K and that Duke team in his tenure. So that's a crazy storyline to follow. Like, there's a lot of fun going on. Absolutely, man. I mean, it, it's March Madness for a reason. Like, they bring it in every year, and, it, and it's something that every kid who plays college basketball looks forward to. So it's it's going to be a wild, wild start. Um, and it does help set up the NBA draft for us. But we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA draft and, and potential rises and fall, fallers once it gets closer to that time. I mean, I'm just excited that they announced it this week, right? Like June 23rd at Barclays, they're going to have the draft. The lotto is going to take place on May 17th during the combine events that they're having in Chicago. I mean, hopefully we're not going to end up, you know, doing much in this draft because we're going to be playoff bound and we're going to be focusing on that and excited. But the draft is always an exciting time, but... Anything else, Matt? Can we move into injuries? Should we keep rolling this along? Yeah, man. Let's go to the injuries. There have been some some real sad ones this week. Where do you want to start I off? Mean, I got to start with my guy, Ben. My guy, Bembry. You know, he was finally finding his place. DeAndre was, you know, getting another rotation position. We, we enjoyed when he was on the Raptors. And he went down last week with a brief injury, but they've come back and he's got a torn ACL and MCL in his right knee. A tough, tough injury for a guy at his point in his career. At, at this point in his career, man, I think it might be career-ending. I mean, coming back from that and being even close to the same player that you used to be is going to be very difficult. He's a fighter. He's a scrapper. Like, you know, he had to work his his behind off to get into the NBA to, to be where he is. So, you know, there's still a chance that he could still do it. I just I feel bad for the guy. I, I, it really you know it hurts my feels it's a tough it's a tough one to take and to roll it along and talk about curry you know one game finally clay curry thompson they're on the court together it's steph's birthday he drops 47 points then one quarter into their next game this guy goes down sprained ligament in his left foot marcus smart flagrant my dude why? Why are we letting these things happen? Man, it was so frustrating to see that. Um, I mean, I I read that he's going to be out indefinitely. Hope there's some hope that he can return for the playoffs. Um, but you're right, man. Like we had them all back together again, and they're they're looking like the juggernaut that we all assumed they were going to be. And Marcus Smart, I don't want to call him a a dirty player, but the way he dove, he knew exactly what he was doing, trying to block out Curry's leg. Whether he was intentionally trying to hurt him or just trying to block some out from the ball, I mean, you know when you're diving at a guy's ankles that there's a high percentage of injury risk. And then he goes down the court 
and basically kicks Clay Thompson in the face. So why do we allow these players to wreck our stars? You know, like Solomon Hill last year and this. There's a way to be aggressive in basketball and to you know push yourself around and make it so that you can be fighting for possessions. But there's certain things that should be generally accepted among the basketball populace of, yeah, maybe don't do that in that situation because of the potential for injury, right? Like, you can make an aggressive play all you want in any way that doesn't have a possibility for injury, you know? Me bumping into a guy in a classic play, that's not going to cause an injury unless all of a sudden his face is accidentally where my elbow is, which, you know, LeBron was joking about with Pascal the other night, hilariously enough. But, you know, we can't be diving at people's legs. We can't be going for those things. Man, LeBron can't be throwing balls at guys' faces, too. That's a different topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's just sad to see a guy like Curry go down... Um, and like a guy like TJ Warren, who's been battling for 15 months to get back to after what he showed in the bubble, he's kind of just absolutely disappeared because of these injuries and shutting him down for the season, man. Like, it's just brutal. Absolutely brutal. What's going on? I mean, he's an, he's an upcoming free agent potentially. So maybe an organization gives him a chance to, to reset somewhere, or maybe the Pacers decide to keep him. But, I mean, they're in a weird fire cell position as well. So, tough, tough position for him. Think about the money he's lost through this injury. The yeah. potential just earnings that he's missed out on because of it. It's, it's a, a man, I am just feel for these guys. They only have a, a limited time to make money, and injuries are a part of it. But it's something that you never want to see. <laughs> Especially when you got guys like Ben Simmons who may or may not be injured. I mean... My back's a little sore. They're, they're talking about a spine irritation for the guy. I'm never going to go against doctors and what they say. I'm a believer in, you know, following and listening to the people who have way more knowledge in things than I do, especially doctors who spend way too much of their lives getting to that point to have that knowledge. But... Ben, I think a lot of you is irritated. The fans are a little irritated. You know, there's a lot of irritation going on, but... Hopefully he can heal up and make it better. But yeah, again, let's why we why do we talk about Ben anymore? Let's talk about the last injury. Let's talk about Doug McDermott. Poor guy. Spurs are gonna Spurs. He's got a grade three ankle sprain. He's done for the season. But I mean, the Spurs are done for the season as well, most likely. Uh, dude. I mean, they were done before the season started. We knew that. Um, even Murray, who's ab- absolutely dominating for them, that isn't enough to keep them afloat. They're in 11th, which isn't like it's better than where we assumed they would be. Greg Popovich still getting them to, to chug along. But when you really look at the fact that, you know, they're only two games better than Sacramento, that they could easily be 15. Shout out to Jakob, you know, our boy Portal, playing well over there, helping support that team to the wins that they've had. But yeah, Coach Pop, man, it's it's tough times for you right now for that Spurs squad. Yeah, man, absolutely tough. Let's get into some good topics, though. Okay, let's let's shed the injuries. You want to talk about that one team? I mean, I think they clinched last week, but the one team to have clinched a playoff spot, the Phoenix Suns, man. We got a good good win against them, but they're still head and shoulders above everyone else in the NBA. Um, where do you think they're headed, man? Championship this year? I mean, people were worried when Chris Paul went down 
and I made the comment of, hey, it could be good for them. The reason I say that they could make the championship is their rotation pieces. You think about how Mikhail Bridges is in the conversation for DPOY. You think about how Cam Johnson is killing it as a role player. Matt knows I will always pump up Cam Johnson because I feel like one of the only people that was like, yo, this guy can do it. He can be important. But their rotation guys are stepping up big time. JaVale McGee, once again, finding himself on a good squad that could win a championship. Like, what else can I say? A personal favorite of mine on their team right now is Bismack Biyombo. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I've seen that. I've seen him back in the NBA. They've got Landry Shamit, Aaron Holiday, Crowder. Like the team is deep, and you're right. They can stay afloat without Booker and without CP3 for a while. And then when they get those guys back, they'll be m- more than enough. And even without you know just having Booker or just having CP3, one or the other, it's not going to be enough. But if they can get them all healthy at the right time for a championship run. They'll probably lose to Milwaukee again. So I think the conversation then shifts to not about them winning a championship, but what happens with DeAndre Aiden? Because the Suns owner is a cheap mofo who did not give this man his money. He's one of the only people of that amazing class who has not been given his money. And if the Suns fall flat, if they falter, and he doesn't feel like he's going to be respected, if the Suns don't offer him the max, this could be a very sad end to a Suns blossoming potential dynasty. They have to offer him the max. Um, Absolutely have to. If they were to let him walk and try to rebuild again, like the man is one of the better centers in the NBA. No, he is not Luka Doncic. No, he's not Trey Young. But you could argue for his positional value right now. He's one of the better players in the NBA. Absolutely. He can guard the big guys like Joel Embiid, like Nikola Jokic, like Giannis. You know, he can match up with those guys size-wise. Um, and he's averaging like 17 and 10. I'll take that all day from my center. It's Come to the wraps. <laughs> Bro, we made this... We made this comment, I think, two years ago we were talking about, you know, if we could solve our center problems when they were starting to arise. Who would be great? We joked about Cat, and we joked about DeAndre. DeAndre's not getting respected by Phoenix, so maybe he needs a bright new future. But what else can I say about Phoenix, Matt? They're a great team. They're going to be doing things in the playoffs unless they somehow fall short, unless injuries come about because they're deep, man. They're very deep. Absolutely. All right, man, who else do you want to talk about? I mean, there's so many cool things that happened this week. The Mavs, they are fighting to try and get into that top four seeding in the Western Conference, and Luka Doncic is doing everything. Spencer Dimwitty trade was looking like a stroke of genius. How do the Mavericks do it? They don't really build a great team around Luka, but the trades, the flips for Kristaps... The weird way that things have worked out, the fact that they got Tim Hardaway in the Kristaps trade, and then he was the real winner, and then they flipped Kristaps and Dinwiddie, my guy, back-to-back game winners. Now, I know it was like four days apart, okay? But to drop the Celtics, who are surging, and to drop Brooklyn, who are doing amazing things, especially after KD hit that shot, right before you hit the buzzer beater, like, you know, my hat is off to Dinwiddie, my hat is off to the Mavs, because they are fighting to make their case oh man they are 
They're one of the more dangerous teams in the NBA right now. I mean, they don't have the tiebreaker with Utah, which is keeping them out of that top four seeding. But, man, Luka making some noise. Him and John Morant, it's crazy to think that those guys have their teams clicking at better records than the way that Jokic and Giannis have their teams clicking, or even Embiid. Just nuts. The young spirit that's going on right now in the West, and for Luka... Like, I, I wouldn't want to face this guy when that team clicks in the playoffs. What they've gone through the past two years, facing that Clippers team down, falling short, like, they are a loaded gun ready to go off on the Western Conference. And if it all comes together and clicks, and Luka can put up 40, 35, something crazy, while also dishing out eight assists and getting nine rebounds, of course he's going to be able, let alone what Jaw can do. Like, it's pretty crazy, the young firepower that we're witnessing. Dude, I'm taking them in the second in the first round over Utah every day of the week at this point. Um, it's not even close for me. So that's the first round matchup already set. Golden State's going to have some trouble with Denver, though, if they can't get Curry back. Um, man, are the Lakers even going to be able to make the playoffs? It's a, it's a tough road. They have a tough schedule to close out. The locker room looks destroyed. You know, half of those guys have already gone through what happens when you win the play-in or at least, you know, get close to winning the play-in but then have to face Phoenix, right? Like, they can reset. They can figure it out. I, I hate the rumors of trade LeBron. Like, it's tough times in L.A. right now. Look, I mean, trading LeBron is probably the worst idea. He'd probably get you some good value. Um, but, like, AD's way too brittle. Westbrook really needs to take a look at himself in the mirror, man, and talk himself down. Because this man has been so frustrating this year. Like, we get it. You were a triple, you averaged a triple double in three <laughs> straight seasons. You are one of the 75 greatest players in league history, in my opinion. Um, and. Yet, right now, you need to take a step back. You need to find a way to integrate yourself into the offense. Um, I think I was, I was reading a, an article about Scotty talking about how Scotty's been able to figure out his off-ball spots. He's been able to work without the offense flowing through him. He's yeah. found places where he can get rebounds and, and assists and points without having plays called for him. Russell Westbrook needs to figure that out right now because... He is destroying this team. Minnesota is clowning him when he hits the most open air ball three I've ever seen in my life. Not even close to being contested. Man, I could have shot that. It's it's a struggle, right? And there's so many factors at play here. Like yeah. I still believe that they should have let him run more ball with LeBron off. Like we've seen LeBron try to be more of a shooter this season than he's ever been, and it hasn't worked. Let Russell be six man of the year. Let him do these things. The problem is, is there's an ego thing there. There's there's so many other things going on, and there was hope. There was too. hope that this team could come together and figure it out and play a certain way. And with like. 13, 14 games left in the season. I think LeBron is just chasing the scoring title now. I think that he, like everyone else, might have realized that it's a dead season for this LA Lakers. Also, I mean, Frank Vogel, man, 
yes, he won a championship with LeBron James and Anthony Davis just a few years ago. But if I'm going to bring it back to hockey and Dominic Ducharme, he got carried to that Stanley Cup final. You don't go ahead and fire a Stanley Cup winning coach, man. Or a Stanley Cup even participant coach. Yeah. And he could have he could have won it if, if Carey Price and Shea Weber, you know, had taken him there. And what have we learned in the past fifteen games? That he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Sometimes the players are gonna play and the coach is just there. So I would get rid of him. I don't know who you're gonna bring in at this point that's gonna kickstart them, maybe do some different things, maybe bench Westbrook in crunch time. But it's just man. It is pathetic. I can't believe I had them even at the top of my Western Conference standings. I'm, brutal. I mean, it might even be the fact that he just doesn't have the gusto to say, no, sit down, no, stop. Like, we need to do certain things. Like, this team is running itself into the ground. This team is obviously a runaway train where everyone has their hand on the wheel, but nobody has an actual direction that they want to try to take it. And, I mean, I guess we stop talking about them. I guess we let them fade. And unless LeBron wants to drop 50-point games every single night, we've seen what is going to happen. We've seen this. Matt, I'm just happy that ever since the LeBron joined this Lakers squad, you know the Raptors are 6-1 and one against them? And the one game we lost, LeBron didn't even play in it. So, let's go, boys. Look, man, LeBron shaped the current Raptors teams that we know today. He made us and formed us into a better squad Absolutely. than we thought we were ever going to be, really. I mean, that championship, I will give it to LeBron because we don't trade for Kawhi. We don't force Dwayne Casey out if we get past him, if we can beat him. So I'll, I'll always be grateful for that. But that man can't throw a ball at Scotty Barnes, okay? Because I will absolutely fly to L.A., find him, and rip him apart. <laughs> Nobody touches Scotty like that. Nobody. Oh man. Yeah, you can't do that, LeBron. Come on, man. Like, let's let's be better than that. We all know it. But Matt, let's let's keep chugging along. You and I will roll into Raptors chat way too much, way too often. It's that little spice of raps that we always do. Can we go back to the beginning? Do we talk about Cat? Do we talk about that sixty-point game? This Minnesota Timberwolves team with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards is starting to make some noise. They're starting to arrive. They're playing fun basketball. I'm not excited that I have to talk about Pat Bev on this team because Matt knows how I feel about Pat Bev, but it's Minnesota, man. They're doing things. They're going to probably be in the playoffs this year. Crazy to think. Yeah, absolutely wild. Uh, I guess it's his second time in the playoffs this uh, this year will be. And I just to touch on Pat Bev because I don't really want to talk about him that much. But him clowning Westbrook and being like, oh, I've been to the Western Conference Finals in the, with two different teams, and I've always made the playoffs. Like, bro, let's be honest. You get your butt carried. Um, there are certain players that get you to those, those points. Westbrook literally was one of those players. You have never been even close. Um, so let's not do that. But let's go back to the positive things because Cat, man – 60 points, 17 rebounds on 19 of 31, shooting 7 of 11 from deep, showing off that why he won the three-point competition, right? Dude. He is just an absolute monster. Having the 60-point end on a three-pointer where he's just Carmelo Anthony, Jeff Stephanie, just to get, get you, like, 
such a performance of the modern day big, right? And and Cat is such a humble guy. He's such a nice guy. He is such a hooper. He's just here to play basketball, to win games. And he's one of those guys that we always talked about deservingly should be in the playoffs. And we wanted to see his prowess in the playoffs. We want to see this guy in a big series take over. And looks like with the faltering Lakers and everything else, unless the Pelicans decide, I think Minnie is going to be almost a lock to make it to the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and they'll probably put up a good fight against Memphis. Um, you know, they match up pretty well there. Um, and they're the hottest team in the league right now, 9-1 in their last 10 games. Um, you, I don't know what more you can say about Minnesota because we've clowned them a few times on the show. We've been clowning Cat, you know, is he a winning player? Is he a guy that's going to elevate this franchise? Because he's never been able to do that by himself. He's really coming into it this year. Um, he's hitting his peak. Let's see it. That's why I've been so torn because I was so big on Anthony Edwards coming in. And I was like, no, Minnesota, don't do this. Don't take another guy that I love and destroy him. But they're coming together. They're figuring out. And I mean, nothing else to say, right? We're excited for this team and we'll definitely be talking about them come the next few weeks. But I mean, I don't really oh, yeah. want to talk about Kyrie. We mentioned it. You know, he's doing his thing. He gets 60 points, does it for the anti-vaxxers. Kyrie, why, man? Flat Earth Kyrie. Kyrie is one of the most talented basketball players. Absolutely. Um, what he does at the size that he is, the way he scores, like, he's always been a beautiful, beautiful player to watch. I think his handle, I think his, his shot, and again, Talent-wise, you could argue that he's a top three-point guard of all time. Career-wise, and if he is, definitely not. I mean, he's been probably one of the best shows in basketball. The problem is, is he's gotten to play like 40 times in Brooklyn since he's joined there in these years. There's all these other things going on, but when it comes to basketball, you know, I just want to not see many, the guy play. Not many Kyries. Man. Exactly. Speaking of a, of a once-in-a-lifetime kind of guy... Giannis and the Bucks, man, they finally get that win in Utah. You were saying 21 years? Bro, when I read this headline, I I was like, somebody is, is they made a typo. You know, there's no yeah. way that this could possibly be legit. But as it turns out, the last time the Bucks won in Utah, in Salt Lake City, on the road, was in 2001. Ray Allen... 32 points. Glenn Robinson, 28 points. John Starks led the Jazz with 20 points. Like, 2001, I was I was seven years old. Man, we didn't even know each other at this point. We were, like, forever. A decade away <laughs> from knowing each other. <laughs> like, 21 years. They finally get the W. Pump for Giannis and the boys. This team, as we mentioned last week, are chugging along. Slowly and methodically grinding their way to victory like could they get over Miami could they just casually take the number one seed in the east absolutely I could see it happening I made a comment two weeks ago about how if Giannis decides he wants to win all the games that might just be how their season ends and we're getting there Matt I still can't believe that at the end of the day we're a month and a little bit away from the playoffs it's getting here close man it's getting here real close and it's going to be the the most entertaining time of the year. I mean, I'm excited to see if Giannis can repeat. I'm excited to see what Brooklyn can do with Kyrie and KD playing the way that they are. Um, it's going to be a toss-up this year. You've got Philadelphia. You've got Miami. You've got 
us in Cleveland and Boston. You know, the East is stacked, man. Uh, we say it every week. That, that Western Conference, te- like, got nothing on the East. I love that this playing race is going to come down to the wire in the East. With the Bulls dropping, with the Celtics... I don't want to say fizzling out because they're still hot. With us apparently on fire, with the Cavs maybe faltering, Brooklyn's always scary, Atlanta's there, the Hornets are just hanging out. Like All of these teams are trying to fight for two confirmed spots and four play-in spots. Like It is going to be an absolutely fun end to the season for the Eastern Conference and our Raptors, Matt. Because it's Raptors chat time. It absolutely has to be. A five-game winning? The fact that we have won six games in our last seven? Bro, how pumped are you? Man, I was feeling horrible. I mean, I said it last week. Like, I, I cursed our Raptors or something. Like, I don't know what was going on. They, they couldn't, you know, get OG back. Um, hope, glad, glad to hear that he was doubtful for last night's game. Uh, which means he's he's starting to heal. Um, it's just not fully there yet, so so we're getting there. But this five game winning streak has showed us the kind of player that Scotty can be. You know, we've gotten to see Point Scotty. Um, we've seen Siakam take over games. We we've seen Freddie just fighting through that knee injury to show us that he can still got it. Man, that guy's got so much heart. I don't know how you could watch this Raptors team and just not love them, man. Like I said at the beginning of the year, I think this is my favorite Raptors team of all time. I know that championship team is special, but wow. So there's so much to unpack here. There's so much to break down. I want to talk about Scotty for a bit. I want to talk about Siakam for a bit. But first I want to talk about this Nuggets game, all right? And the fourth quarter and what our team did against what potentially will be the MVP, the reigning MVP right now. Back-to-back years. This man had zero points in the fourth quarter, okay? The Raps went on a 17-3 and closing run to win this game. And it was a plethora of just seeing our defense. Barnes was playing wild defense in the switches. I'm sorry, you had Delano Banton fronting Jokic at certain points. Like, Thad Young was switching on to Jokic. Like, it was a beautiful example of our 6-9 experiment being played to a perfect extent and the fact that we have Fred to take out a Steph Curry to take a rotational piece out but we have this big tall boy weird squad that can do these kind of things against a player like Jokic it gives me hope that we could stop Giannis again it gives me hope that Embiid isn't going to run through us it was amazing showcase of our defense Matt and it was the highlight of the week in my opinion I think that was it was a really great game especially on back-to-back short travel um you know we had beaten phoenix the night before which i i think that was the highlight of the week for me uh personally but i i I, the boys are just playing so well together and it you're right it's that six nine six eight experiment that we got going on the boys and a chiwa if i'm just gonna shout him out he's been playing some absolute fire defense um, the, the quickness in his feet is not something that you see for a lot of guys his size, yep. his girth. Um, but, man, like, Boucher had a game against Denver. And, like, we're rolling, man. We're rolling. Your precious comment is great because he's not only been doing that, but he's been knocking down threes. He's been doing everything we ask of him 
Thad Young has been great considering what he's had to do and the role he's had to play in. But, Matt, I have to talk about Pascal. I'm going to put Scotty on the burner and let him sit. I have to talk about Pascal. This guy had his 23rd double-double of the season this week. The man has had eight straight 20-plus point games. In the last nine games, we've gone six and three. Like, he was playing the best basketball of his career. He faltered for a little while, and he's right back into it. Matt, I read a thing the other day, and I stand by what I heard. If he wasn't injured, if he didn't miss those games at the beginning of the season, and he came out playing like this, he's an all-NBA caliber player. And I love that he has returned to that form, and I hope, hope, that he can keep that up as we roll into the season, as we get into the playoffs, because I know where Pas- Pascal's mental can go, and I'm hoping this positivity will keep rising him up. The th- and the other thing about Pascal, man, is we've seen this level of play before. I mean, the year after Kawhi left, and he was kind of our go-to scorer, he played at almost an all-NBA level. He played at this kind of, I wouldn't say as high of a peak, but at, at this rate where he was dropping 20-plus points a game, five assists, five rebounds at least. Yeah. Um, and then we've kind of grown accustomed to him having, you know, the occasional eight-point game, the occasional, you know, 12, 15-point game, and not really impacting it the way that we've seen him po- possibly be able to do it. And, you know, there was injuries, there was mental, there's all this kind of stuff. But it's just beautiful to see him having it, man. I still stand by the fact that we should capitalize on his value and trade him. Um, but this guy is having an absolute tear of a season right now. Um, I hope that he does get some All-NBA votes. And, um, you know, hopefully he pulls us through in the playoffs, man, like this. Because if he and Scotty can, you know, have games like this off each other where they're both eavesdropping 25-plus points, like, we're going to be scary. Dude. From March 1st to March 15th, the guy put up 26 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists on 50% from the field and 42% from 3. Like, I'm so happy that Pascal is figuring out, but Scotty Barnes, man, Scotty Barnes is our rookie, he's our guy. I'm gonna, I'm throwing my Barnes hat on as we speak right now because this kid is unreal. He is trying to fight for this Rookie of the Year race. It's coming down to the wire between him, between Cade's making a run. It's still Mobley's to lose, but I'm so pumped to see him do everything from playing center to playing point guard. This rookie is amazing, Matt, and I absolutely love it. I can't believe that he went forth in this draft, that he didn't do this kind of crazy dominant play at Florida um, he has all the talent in the world scoring was supposed to be an issue but this man has so many chances on offensive rebounds because he just cleans it up he's tall he's lanky that dunk uh, the other night where he just skied it for the end there like just it looked LeBron James-esque it looked you know, vicious, and I don't think we've had like that type of player since Vince Carter. Maybe DeRozan at his very, very peak. I'm so excited the, for this. The DeRozan comment is great because 
I, I like the idea of because DeRozan had the intelligence and the quickness to act on those moments, right? And we see that from Scotty where he realizes, oh, I've got a lane, sick layup. Oh, that's a free dunk. And guess what? If someone does catch him in that free lane, he has the you know the intelligence to know where the open guy is, even if he doesn't have to look for them. But the difference between yeah, him, the strength. Yeah, the difference between him and Demar is the size. It's the strength. It's it's the everything that he has in this package. And I mean. The other night against the Lakers, now I know it's the Lakers, but 21 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, like 9 for 17. Like, that is an amazing stat line. And he played against LeBron for half of it. The guy switched off and isoed LeBron at times and knocked a 3 in his face. Like, there's so many things that we could say about Scotty at the end of the day, but, you know, he is the rookie that we needed. He's the rookie that this team had our mini tank for why we got so excited to move up in the draft and it's crazy to think what a single player can do for your franchise if it all comes together it's it's amazing man the fourth overall pick in this draft was just meant to be ours so that we could get scotty um because he's not the type of rookie that needs to drop 20 plus points to have an impact on the game i mean against phoenix um, I think it was one of his better games of the week, and it was one of his lowest point scoring totals. But he also had five steals. The ball just wasn't going down for him. But his defensive impact was so massive in that game. It's what allowed us to, to you know, get that win. Um, and then he's got games against Denver where he's basically dropping a triple double. He's a special, special rookie, man. This is a special, special rookie class, is what we're seeing. Um, so. We'll see where they're at in the next five years because these guys could be talked about as some of the best players in the NBA, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I absolutely love it. And, Matt, to think that we have 13 games left in this season, my favorite part, nine of those games are going to be played at home, at Scotiabank, with the fans. There's not a ton of crazy teams that we're going to face, but I wouldn't say we have an easy schedule. But when I look at that 9 of 13 home games, I look at us winning 9 of our last 13 games, especially when I think about the last of it. And to, that would make us be at like 48, 47 wins, exactly where I thought we were going to end up at the beginning of the season. I'm a happy, happy fan over here, my friend. We said it from the beginning, man. We probably weren't going to be a 50-win team, maybe you know, high to mid-40s. And that's what we've seen. That's where we're at. Um, I like the development. I like the chemistry. It's been a good season, man. Last year was just a blip, and we could say it was Tampa, and it gave us Scotty. So I'll take it every day of the week. Absolutely. So five-game win streak on the line. Four-a-week just happened. We got three games coming up. Tomorrow we we're gonna we're gonna face the Lakers. We're gonna see you know LeBron might be pissed. He might drop fifty. I'm not even gonna touch that game with a ten foot pole. But then on Sunday we're facing Philadelphia, and then Monday we follow it up with the Bulls. So a tough tough schedule to start the last thirteen games. Dude, um, it, yeah, I mean the Bulls and the Seventy Sixers seem you know a little scary, but. Like I said, man, we play up to our competition. I've said this before. We play up to the competition. We, we let the lower teams beat us. It, like, it's sad that Orlando and, and Detroit are the teams that are getting the wins on us. Um, 
Speaking of that, man, I don't know if you want to just roll into Mystic Predictions Hot Takes. The only game on tonight is the Battle of the Losers. Um, I think Orlando is going to lose this one. I think Cade Cunningham is going to be too much for them. You know, really kick them down into bottom place. I mean, you probably nailed it on the money right now, especially when you consider what Cade's been doing recently. He really has been trying to make a push for that rookie of the year, but uh, Orlando, they're on a fire sale. I said they were going to sell, so I'm probably with you, my friend, but Mr. Takes for me, I want to stick to the West. I want to be bold. I've made this comment multiple times, and with the Steph Curry injury happening, I think the Grizz are going to lock up the two-seed in the West, but I want to go further, Matt. I want to believe that they can have the second best record in the league because nobody's catching the Suns. I'm sorry. They're too far ahead. 56 wins? What? What, Matt? Insane. I always forget that the Suns are doing how they are. But this Grizzlies team, I think that they've got it, man. I think Jaw is going to roll his way to the second best seed, and I can't wait to see what they do in the playoffs. Do you think he'll be the second youngest MVP? Like a former... Derek oh, I would love to see it, but I think he's got to drop like four fifty pieces at the end of the season to make it happen, or consistently drop thirty plus to end the rest of the year. Because these bigs, man, they're still doing too much for MVP. Fair enough, fair enough, my friend. I mean, it is a great race, and Luca and Jaw are making ground. It's crazy that it's a five-headed race, and LeBron, who is thirty-seven, almost going to win the league scoring title, can't even sniff it. Ah. Oh. It's crazy. It's going to be a wild end of the season. We've got a couple weeks left, but Matt, enjoy the rest of your vacation, my friend. I'm jealous of this guy living his absolute best beach life right now, but anything else, my dude? Thanks, man. Thanks, man. No, man, you're good to wrap this up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe. Give us that thumbs up, whatever you need, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.